What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? All right, so as we all know, on Saturday, the MLS Cup final matching LAFC with the Philadelphia Union. So it, it's going to kick off before a sellout crowd of more than 22,500 people just after 1 p.m. at the bank. Of course, the bank is less than a football field away from the Coliseum, where mm-hmm. ninth-ranked USC will kick off its homecoming game against Cal at 7.30. Mm-hmm. That game is expected to draw more than 55,000 people. So where is everybody going to park? Well, if you're a soccer fan, the answer might be Dodger Stadium because USC gets priority for parking at Exposition Park. So there will be no spaces in or around either stadium available for fans attending the MLS Cup final. Wow. LAFC is encouraging fans to park at a metro station and take the Expo line to the Expo Park USC station. Uh, which, of course, is a short walk from the bank. Uh, And for other options, you can check out the Transit app or online trip planner. So basically, if you're going to see LAFC, you got to figure out where you're going to park. Yeah, you better or you got to pay for parking at USC, basically. You could pay. You could pay for the park there. Like you could just there's well, there's paid lots. She, yeah, there is paid. Par- They're not going to know if you're right. if you're going in there to tailgate or if you're going in there, um, if you're going there to watch the match. I presume. right, but all the people I guess, that have like the parking passes for yeah. LAFC games will not be oh, able no, to use them. There, those people are totally screwed. Yes. <laughs> Let me ask you a question: If you found out that the MLS Cup. Was I, be I would moved. be a little annoyed because there's enough space between the game, personally. Right, of course, because the soccer game is going to end at you know three o'clock in the afternoon, right. and people are going to be gone by five. I guess the concern is is that USC fans will be coming into tailgate, and that maybe the the parking lot isn't completely cleared out. So I I kind of understand, but let me just ask this question, Lindsay: How much? Did, how many people did you say thirty some odd thousand will be in the bank? Twenty two thousand five hundred. Only twenty two thousand. That's how many it holds. Well, that's how many people fit in there. Yeah. If I said to you. They move the game to the Coliseum. How many people do you think would show up for the MLS Cup? Do you, could you get 75? I, I, I would not want to watch the game in the Coliseum. Yeah, the I wouldn't either. Yeah, I want to watch it in my home stadium. That's the whole point. No, I get it. I'm just wondering. Like, do you I think don't think they would, would sell be... 90,000 if that's no. what you're asking. Mm. So it's going to look empty. Because I'll tell you, man, it would be great if they had more capacity. But, man... That is going to be a wild, wild place on Saturday. And then afternoon. how would you suggest they park in that scenario? Logistics oh, I don't have, I don't have a good answer. No, I got no yeah, answer. Yeah, there you go. Cappy's well, they, not that, good with logistics. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I do have a bunch of ideas for SoFi Stadium about how to make things move faster there. Okay, well, we can get to that opinion. a little later. Kirk yeah. is here on the line. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. The great Kirk Morrison, of course, you can catch him here on this station. You can catch him on ESPN's college football coverage uh, with Beth Moens and every Saturday on television and, of course, right here on our Rams coverage. And we'll be doing a game with me in a couple weeks on ESPN Radio, a Rams-Cardinals game. So, Kirk, thank you for stopping by. Uh, Do you have any idea on how to help uh, Cappy with logistics? Because there's a big problem with this LAFC-USC situation this Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. I would just say arrive early, right? Because you got to be able to navigate not only the traffic, but trying to find a spot. So for me, why not find a spot a couple blocks away and then be able to walk over, right? Yeah. Is that the easiest way? Yeah, I'd like to be on foot as well, Kirk Morrison. Yeah, there's got to be paid parking places, plenty of paid parking places yeah. around there that you can go to and then just walk. you got to get on foot, be able to get there early, be on foot, and You'll be good to go, but can can you double dip? Is it like you got you can go to both games at the same time, right? Or I'm not saying time, yeah, but you later could, on, right? Well, yeah, no. So so yeah. the soccer match is going to start at one o'clock, I believe. 
Yeah. And the USC game is at like 7.30 p.m. yeah. So my issue, just as an example, would be, let's say the soccer game ends at 3-ish, right? You got a long time to kill between one and the other, and you're not you going go tailgate. Anywhere. Yeah, tailgate. Go find you. Get you a little hotel. Make it a full just L.A. day. Make it a staycation. How about that? Right. You just go Uber to the hotel. Yeah. Make it a staycation. That's easy. Thinking about it. I'm thinking about it on Saturday night because that USC game is going to end late. And then am I going to schlep all the way home or am I going to stay in downtown L.A. somewhere? Staycation. Staycation, man. Good idea. Thank you, Kirk Morrison. Uh, all right, Kirk. So the the Rams went all in, F them picks, it got them a championship, and now they don't have a ton of assets or enough assets to get the type of improvements that they need. So how should fans feel about that? What do you say, the Rams or the Lakers? Rams. Oh, no, Rams. It's, it's, it's oh wow. I see thing, what you dude. did there. It's the same story. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, is it not the same, though? It's you exactly the same. The Lakers did. Yeah, a couple years ago they went all in and – they won their championship. That was in the bubble, but they won their championship. And, again, with those FM picks mentality, they're in a situation they're in now, and you realize how hard it is to get out of it. I think the Rams are starting to see the same thing. They got the championship, and how difficult is it for them right now to go out and get more pieces to what they have already? It's just, and then I think the bigger point of it for me, everybody, is that how difficult it is to win championships back-to-back and no matter what profession, whether mm-hmm. it's baseball, basketball, football, soccer, man, it is tough to win back-to-back championships. The Rams are seeing how, how difficult it is, but it won't take away what happened last February inside of SoFi. Like, you will understand. You, you will take what you're going through now to get that championship. Just know that this year is going to be much more difficult, and I'm not saying you punt on the season – but just realize how you got to attack this year knowing you don't have you know, uh, the ability to go pick some things off the grocery list like you normally could. Yeah, and you know, listen, we talked about Christian McCaffrey a couple weeks ago, and I thought, nah, you don't really need him because you don't have an offensive line that can protect or can even open up holes, so why go get him? And after what I saw this past Sunday, I feel stupid because <laughs> it would have been great if they could have gotten Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I call it luxury versus necessity. Like the, the 49ers... I thought that was a luxury pick of Christian McCaffrey. Then he comes out on on Sunday versus the Rams, and I was like, no, that's actually a necessity. They actually needed him because mm-hmm. it gave not only Jimmy Garoppolo an extra weapon, but then I think more importantly the Rams looked at, man, what could we have had in Christian McCaffrey? Because they definitely don't have a running back situation that you feel excited about, right? I mean, Cam Akers has to kind of humble himself and come back because he was not traded. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that nobody wanted to trade for your running back. So we'll find out whatever. But the Rams don't have that running back room how they want it. So it's a lot that they have to go through. And remember, they still got 10 games left. 10 games left. What's the magic number that gets them to the playoffs, right? Do they got to win 10? Do they got to win 9? That's the number I'm looking at right now because in the NFC, you just got to get in. If you get in, trust me, I'll put the Rams up against anybody when it comes to the playoffs, a one-and-done scenario. They just got to get there. And how do they find that rhythm this next 10 games? Yeah, it's it's not easy. That's for sure. Um, but the NFC, to your point, is not great, uh, I would yeah. say. The NFC East is interesting. But after that, it's just like, you know, Minnesota's good, we think. And then uh, a bunch of teams all kind of jumbled well, teams up teams that together. we thought were going to be good, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, just as examples, at least guys with superstar quarterbacks, they're terrible. That's right. why the Rams, Rams play in Tampa Bay coming up this week. They got to win that game if they're going to be for real about getting back into this thing. And I suppose, Kirk, Tampa Bay's probably thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, 
I think, well, it's not necessarily. But Tampa Bay still can be in position. Right now, their division is being led by the Atlanta Falcons at 4-4. Four and four. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that this is a must-win for Tom Brady and his crew, but, you know, they still got an opportunity where they can go out and, I think, you know, win some games down the stretch. But this is more important, I think, for the Rams, for sure, because San Francisco has already proven what they can be down the stretch. Seattle, you still got two games against them, and Geno Smith right now, if the season ended, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback, he and Jalen Hurts right now. So, to me, I just don't know where, golly, like, who who needs this game more, right? The Rams or the Buccaneers? This I think safe to say that both teams need it. But I think on the opposite side, the Rams, if they don't win it, they put them behind the eight ball. I look at Tampa Bay and say they still have a chance to win their division just because their division is right. not very good. I mean, outside Atlanta, Carolina, I mean, they punted on the season already, I feel like. And then New Orleans could make a comeback, but they're still – do you believe in Andy Dalton? No. So I give Tampa a much more of a chance without winning this football game, more so if the Rams do not win. All right, so your old squad and Kirk Morrison hanging out with us here, the Raiders – the uh, the owner gave the coach the dreaded vote of confidence. Now, I, I, I actually think this is the right move. I know Raider fans may be conflicted by this, but you can't keep changing right. coaches every year. Cappy and I have talked about this a ton. And, you know, to me, I think the the one thing you got to look at, and, and we, we feel this way, and Cappy aren't, and I aren't always united on everything, but you're going to have to look at that quarterback situation despite giving him an extension uh, this past <laughs> offseason. Where are you on that? Yeah, I mean, they made some questionable moves this offseason when you look at where this team's sitting at right here. To get blown out the way that they did um, on the road and get shut out, that's a difficult one, tough pill to swallow. But I think more importantly, what I was looking at, like on a bigger grand scheme of things, I've never seen a trade where both sides lose. (laughs) And I'm saying the trade for Devontae Adams, it seems so far to start, the Raiders have lost because they're not getting the same production from Devontae that you got out of Green Bay. And so it looks like a loss. And then I look on the opposite side, Green Bay, who made the trade, who gave up, you know, Devontae Adams for picks. And yet their wide receivers, <laughs> they're still shopping for wide receivers, right? They stink. So both yeah, sides, they stink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's, this is actually a great observation. It, it's a great observation, Kirk, because... I think most of us look at Aaron Rodgers and we're like, he can turn any bum into a superstar right. wide receiver. And, <laughs> and then we look at a guy like Devontae Adams and we go, well, he's going to make Derek Carr look so much better than he's ever looked. And the reality right. is, is that it was really more the teaming of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and whatever chemistry they had and talents that they had. That's why it worked for them. But when they've separated, it hasn't worked for either other team. Right, but I think with Aaron, in Aaron's case, like he literally has nobody to throw the ball to. Like the only guy he yep. actually has any chemistry with is Hurt in Randall Cobb. Like he's got a bunch of like young kids out there. Even Alan Lazard is hurt too now, so it's like yeah, he's got nobody he still, trusts. Though. We all thought that Aaron Rodgers could turn water into wine, and right now he he's turning what bread into rock. Right, but right I, you thought that working. you thought that at thirty seven or thirty eight, like I, I there's no way I, I didn't think that. I did. Well, I mean, we saw Tom Brady have one of the most productive years of his career last year at 44. So right, but he's got Mike round. Evans and Chris Godwin, for God's sake. Yeah. yeah, but you've also had a Lazard. You bring in Randall Cobb. And I think also Sammy Watkins has an ability to hey, bring back Robert Tanya in the tight end. I just thought I would see more A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. So that, Yeah, that, that I agree with. Is, yeah. Yeah, that to me is what where they've lost off. But I actually thought Aaron Rodgers would make no-name wide receivers into really good players, and yeah. it just yeah. hasn't worked. 
it hasn't worked out. And I think for the Raiders, to me, it's just a, you know, a lot of expectation. I said it before, this team had one, went to the playoffs last year. Can they return? And so right now, Josh McDaniels, he's showing me, again, next time around, it's just it's not working right now. Now, I think you need the, 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 uh, the owner to say, you know what, we are going to give him more than just this year. It's going to take more time. I just don't know you're going to tell me that it's a rebuild. I mean, you're seven games in, and you're already telling me you're looking toward next year. Like, come on, man. This is, <laughs> this is a bad year. That's what happens when you get beat 24 nothing, man. You get beat 24 nothing. reality hits you right in the face, you know? We suck. Yeah. We don't cross the 50-yard line into the fourth quarter yet. That's man, what I'm talking about. Right. We suck. Um, so, Kirk, I, I, I'm curious because I, I just want to see Cappy's reaction to this. Sure. What do you make of the Chargers moving forward? Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. That assumes I, that you know what Kirk is about to say. I don't know what he's about to say. That's Ooh. why I'm curious, though. No, because I had an interesting conversation with one of my buddies today. If we redid the 2020 NFL draft, right now, who would you draft or how would that order go? There were five quarterbacks taken in the first two rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Remember with Joe Burrow, then, it was, then Justin Herbert. Right. Then Jordan Love. We can throw Jordan Love out of the mix because he hasn't played. Yeah, he's out. He but stays. then in the second yeah. round, Jalen Hurts was selected by the Eagles. Mm-hmm. If right. you had to reshape that around or if you want to rank those guys right now, how would you rank them? Where would you put Justin Herbert? Because remember, people had put Herbert before the season ascending to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And I'm saying this dude ain't won a playoff game. Like, he hasn't how can been you to do the playoffs. This? Forget about hasn't won one. He hasn't been, been to the playoffs. Jalen Hurts has been to the playoffs, so – I think for me, I'm I'm not into buying into the hype of Justin Herbert. I know people have been trying to shove it down to me, like just look at him, look at him. I was like, I'm looking at him. But I don't see him in January. I mean, I see him. He's a great player in you know December and and I mean you know maybe earlier in the season. But I'm looking at Jalen Hurts and what he's shown right now. I'm looking at Tua Tagovailoa, who needs to be in the MVP conversation. Not saying he's going to win it, but he's in the conversation. All right, Joe Burrow has taken a team to the Super Bowl. So for me, you ask me where are the Chargers at right now, they can only go as far as their quarterback can take them. Don't tell me about the injuries because everybody's got injuries in the NFL. The Rams got injuries, right? Everybody's got injuries. But when you're supposed to be an elite quarterback, it doesn't matter. And right now I'm seeing that the Chargers can only go as far as their quarterback take them. I will put the onus on him. I will put the pressure on Justin Herbert. And if he doesn't outperform what he's got – then the Chargers will be right where they are, a middle-of-the-line team, you know, hoping to get to the playoffs. And if they did get to the playoffs, do you honestly believe they can make some noise, especially the way their their head coach goes about calling, you know, situational football? I'm just uh, scratching my head. I still can't no, believe very it. Very good. Uh, this, is a gr- this is a great answer. No, I know. You make a cappy yeah. smile. Oh, I, dude. I, if, I think if Herbert's healthy – now the yeah. problem is they're never healthy. Like as a team, they're never right. healthy. Ever anybody? Yeah, I mean right. ever. Like literally, they're never healthy. Yeah, so I think the NFL is never healthy, though, right? No, no. But they're like injured. Like forget about you could be hurt, but not injured. Like injured is like you're incapable of playing. And they have a lot of guys that are incapable of playing at the moment. So best offensive lineman, best there, pass rusher, best there. defensive back. You know, they yeah. just they lose them all day long. Right. It's that's just they, they, they are cursed. Their, was it really like, their best defensive back, or did they overpay for somebody because he played for Belichick? That's right. You got it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah but hey, I mean, Kirk, this is a great answer, by the way. You, you have made my day. Yeah. Because George Sedano knows that I am the president 
of the Charger Hater Club. I am the card-carrying founder of the Charger Hater Club. And as such, I want to see them fail. Now, ideally, it's a close game and they lose on the last play, and I think that's even more fun when you rip the heart right out of the fan base. I know it's only a two- or three-person fan base. That all being said, wow, all of your analysis really makes me very happy. You're right. They're, they're just not I very just good. Want, I just want to see them you make, t- make the playoffs before you tell me, right? They're, all they've done is told me, told me this, told me that. Get first. Then we can have a conversation. And that falls on the quarterback, right? It falls on Justin Herbert. He can go into three years right now. You can tell me he's one of the best in the league. But, yeah, we, I think we really rate our quarterbacks for what they do in the playoffs. And look at the guys. Look, Tua is going to make the playoffs this year, I think. And now how do we look at that quarterback class of 2020 then? Because Jordan Love hasn't played, and then obviously Justin Herbert still will not have made a playoff at the end of the year if the Chargers don't make it. Uh, Kirk, are you ready to call a game with me? Are you ready to hold my hand a little bit, you know, doing these games or what? You're the veteran. Teach this guy, Kirk. Are you ready for me is the question, man. Are you ready for me? Oh, listen, I'm always ready. Stay ready. You don't have to get ready, you know? I can't wait, man. That's a great opportunity, man. I can't wait to call a game with you. It'll be fun. I know we have the whole ESPN family behind us, ESPN LA family behind us, so we've got a fun one in the booth. It will be it will be fun on ESPN Radio on November 13th, Rams Cardinals. Kirk, thanks for always making time for our nonsense, man. Appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Hey, Cappy, go find you. Uh, go to Hotels Tonight or something, man. Go find you a Hotels Tonight. All right, you know Saturday what? night. Hotels you know Tonight. George and, I, George and I were walking the streets yesterday. We were both wearing the exact same shoes. We looked absolutely adorable. And <laughs> no, I stopped didn't. in no, at the Hotel Figueroa. That's where I'm going, man. That place looks fire. There you go. There you go. Embrace it. There you go. Maybe... You never know, man. Wake up in the morning, go find your little brunch spot downtown L.A. Make it a weekend. There you go, Cappy. I do. I like this idea. (laughs) Kirk Morrison, good man. All right, Kirk. All right, Catch you guys. Later. Take care. There he is, Kirk Morrison. All right, a lot to kind of digest there. Um, Also, I do want to actually, there is like actual stuff that's happened today beyond the football stuff, which we probably should talk about, like this whole Nets thing imploding in a way that. um, I'm surprised you didn't want to talk about that from the get-go. Nah, I don't think it's that big a story. Like, oh I mean, it God, is, but it. not not here. You know what I mean? Like, but I do think that there are some interesting kind of dynamics at play here that can affect the Lakers. If you have my, if you want my honest opinion, mm-hmm. um, and we, we can talk about it. We'll do it next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Bam, 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 I love this song. You do? I do. It's a great song. Eastside Love is living on the West End. I, I'm a big fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're fantastic. They are top and five. It, it, and and it, to watch them live, I feel yeah. like, is also one of those oh experiences God. that you should uh, commit to at some point. George, I've seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers in a club with about 300 people. And I'm talking like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, probably right before the pandemic. This is when Flea, hey Flea, if you're listening, uh, shout out to you, number one. And number two, this was the show at the Belly Up in Solana Beach, which George is one of the most legendary rock and roll clubs in all of Southern California. Mm-hmm. And Flea had just returned from an injury. I think he had a broken wrist. So this was Flea's first show back. And then right. it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers' first show in like a really long time because Flea had been out and injured. He was on the disabled list, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers play in a tiny little club, it's an unbelievable experience. I'll put some videos up on the uh, Circle of Trust from that night. Okay, feel free. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, happy but, birthday, you know, Anthony. Happy birthday, Anthony. Do you want to say anything else to Flea? Or, well, you know what I'd like to just say? Listening? I would like to say one other thing, as a matter of fact. Thank you, George, for the, uh, right. the moment. I also yeah. want to say this. You know I love tribute bands, right? Yeah. The Red Knot Chili Peppers yeah. tear it to shreds. Okay, cool. That's right. They're the Red Knots versus right. the Red Hots. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, not... Um, I told you earlier, you asked me earlier about the anonymous states for lotteries because you Correct. have your kids all over, spread all over the country. West Virginia, Idaho, and Louisiana, yes? Yeah. Um, none of those states actually are in the anonymous category. Oh, damn it. Um, the closest to Idaho would be North Dakota, which is not close. Mm-hmm. The closest to West Virginia would be Virginia, um, depending on what part of uh, West Virginia you're not at. far from Ohio, by the way. Are you also not far from Ohio? That's true. Excellent right. point. Ohio is much closer. Yeah, Ohio closer to Virginia. So there you go. So he can get to if he can cross the border. No, it's then very you can be quick. anonymous. No, it's very very quick and easy to get to from where he is in West Virginia, right over the uh, Ohio border. There you go. So there you go. And then you could be, uh, then you could definitely uh, be anonymous. But, but George, the only problem is, is that if any of my you don't kids, want to be anonymous. You want well, everybody to know you won a billion dollars. Well, but wait a second. Think about what we're talking about here. If one of my three kids bought lottery tickets and won and oh, was able they give to it remain to you? well well let's say they were able to remain anonymous yeah then they don't tell me oh, oh yeah then i never know right 
That'd actually be fantastic. How ridiculous would that be? Oh, it'd be so good. It would be. I'd be really happy for them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, my daughter just won $290 million in the lottery. I had no idea. How'd she keep it from you? You would end up being one of those, like, uh, what's the name of that show? Inside Edition? Right. You know, where it's like, and it's like, I had no idea that my daughter won the lottery. I know I'd wind up making like the talk show rounds, you know, like Dr. Phil. Is he still a thing? Is Dr. Yeah, Phil still he, a guy? I believe he's still around. Yeah. Really? He, he'd have me and my daughter on, you know, he'd be like, how could you not tell your dad you won $290 million? Wasn't it he who suggested you go buy the lottery ticket? And she'd be like, because my dad won't stop tracking me. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. invasion of my privacy. I'm right. sick and of it. Way, and she continues to have me pay for her cell phone and her car and her rent. I'm like, you had $290 million after winning the, the Powerball, and you didn't tell me, and you still had me pay for everything? Yeah, Dad, those are mine. That's what she would say. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Hey, by the way, as Lindsay Baseball and as Laura the Queen come onto the camera on our YouTube channel, I want to make a suggestion going forward. Mm -hmm. When we have somebody on like a Kirk Morrison, we also ought to have him on video as Jeff, well. Jeff, you're asking a little, for a little bit too much here. I mean, we just literally got I mean, this figured yeah, out. You, you, you always want like, like we just, right, to Lindsay's point, we just figured something out and now you want like, why don't we just have everybody just join us at the same time? I mean, let's just, let's just have Mason and Ireland join us from home too and, and Bergman and, uh, you know, and Sliwa and Travis too. Like, let's just do that. No, we they they have their own deal, you know. Like I'm saying, like when we have a guest on, no, we I send know, that guest the link, like, and then that it's person a lot just clicks to ask on. somebody to like be a guest on camera. I feel like I, I don't agree. Okay, well I do. Why don't you agree? Because I do it every day on the Cappy Cast. Okay, but it's your show. Yeah, right. But what I'm saying is that if I were to call Kirk Morrison and say, "Hey, I want you to come on the Cappy Cast." He'd say, okay, I say, hey, I'm going to email you a link, sit in front of your computer, we'll do a beautiful thing. He but does did it. it sound like he was at home when he just called us right now? Kind of, yeah. No, it didn't, actually. Where did it sound like he was? It sounded like he was in like a hallway of some sorts, like somewhere not in his home. Oh, really? I didn't get that. Yeah, it didn't sound like super like clear. Oh, I thought it sounded beautiful. At the end of the day, Cap, um, yep. down the road, maybe we can discuss that, but I feel like we just need, I mean... Crawl before you walk. Yeah, you know man. what? Yeah. You know what, Lens? I'll bet you the guys that are actually producing it don't think the same way you think. Listen, I'll bet you they think. Do you, yeah, do we can you do realize that, no problem. though that like I used to produce streaming shows like that was my job before I started working here for like yeah, years. I understand. I understand. And I just think that it is often quite a bit to ask a guest to get in front of the computer and do it that way. Also, you know, like I said, we literally just started having you guys on on so, camera Cappy, are, from home are today. You, are you texting the guys right now who produced this? No, and, I'm texting and, Kirk to find out where he was. Oh, okay. As far as the guys who are producing it, I know they'll side with me on this one. Yeah. Like, yes, I, I mean, let's be serious. Like, we get FaceTimes from Carlos Baum in the middle of doing these, so right, I there's think also you're probably that. wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, get, we get FaceTimes from Carlos Baum on the iPad, yeah. and then all of a sudden we go out. off. Two weeks in a row, it knocked us out. Not really? exactly like the most high-tech <laughs> operation at the moment. You don't think so? We're I think it's pretty high-tech. Okay, well, Whatever. I mean, that's me. no knock to anybody. It's just that, you know, it started as an experimental thing. Now we're just trying to, like, you know, just get, like, a base of, of viewers here. So just chill. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out down the road. I think you just, you know, you shoot first and you ask for forgiveness later. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, you just go for it. We yeah, never even out. have guests anyway. That's true. Well, we don't really actually have a lot of guests. Well, that's why it's not that big of a deal, because it only happens once every so often. And Kirk Morrison, I mean, he's familiar. He, George is the kind of guy that when you see Kirk Morrison, you tell him, 
bring it in. And you I know mean, I already do that. I, right, know, I worked, right. worked you, in him for a long time. Right. He, he brings it in. That's what I'm right. saying. When oh. you have a bring it in kind of bro relationship, mm-hmm. ain't no big deal. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, by the way, I didn't. We we just completely blew through the segment that we were going to talk about this NBA thing, crazy thing with the Nets and how it, how it honestly can impact the Lakers. Good. But I guess we'll have to wait time. Five forty-five to do that because yeah, we have radio Tinder coming up next. All because time. you wanted to talk about the YouTube experience. It's really good. God, sometimes I want to kick you in the teeth. Don't kick me in my teeth. I just had my teeth cleaned this afternoon at the dentist, <laughs> which is why I'm feeling so fresh this afternoon. Seriously, did, did they? Now, when you go, when you went to the dentist, real yeah. quick, and this is like yeah. a quick answer, okay? Yeah. Was there any pain involved? A lot, actually. Yeah, that's what I. But thought. I asked for it. Also, kind of figured that. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not surprised by that. By, yeah. by any stretch, of the I asked my hygienist, make it hurt, make them bleed. Yeah. Is Rachel no, your only... hygienist too? No, no, no. <laughs> she makes it hurt in a different way. <laughs> All right, Radio Tinder's next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Thanks, Christopher. By the way, I would be honored if we used Bobby Heenan's theme. Oh my God, the Bobby weasel. the Brain. Yeah. My, my uh, uncle saw him recently before he passed away like uh, a couple months before he passed away at one of the wrestling shows when wrestlemania was down in florida yeah and he you know he he couldn't talk or anything but he signed his autograph and his book and all that stuff and he was just like oh he's such a great one he's one of the greats one of the best ever oh he was arguably the best manager of all time i think he was yeah, I, don't the weasel. I don't know that's that's definitely up for debate well who, who would you say is the other one i mean there's well for me my all-time favorite is sir, sir oliver Humber- humperdinck Mm. Um, yeah. uh, now there's a lot of people that might tell you Captain Lou Albano, although he became kind of you know mainstream with the whole Cindy Lauper video. Yes, there's the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. That's who I would say um, would be up there with him. Yeah, and Paul Jimmy Heyman. Hart is definitely in the conversation. And Paul yeah. Heyman is in there too. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so ProWrestling.com, um, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. did a uh, ten greatest managers, and Bobby mm-hmm. the Brain Heenan was number one. Yeah, is I that think right? Number one. Is that yeah. right? Interesting. Who's number two? Yep, yep. And Bleacher Report also did one in Bobby of the Brain. Jim Cornette uh, was oh, number two. Jim oh, Cornette. Jim Cornette. Okay, yeah, he's pro- yeah, I would go with that as number okay. two. G- give us yeah, a list. Captain, Since we're at it, do you guys mind? G- give us uh, a list. Captain Lou, Jimmy Hart, uh, Paul Heyman, uh, who we had on the show once. Mm-hmm. Classy Freddie Blassie. I love I Classy oh, Freddie Blassie. Mm-hmm. Love the king. Yeah. Uh, Paul Bearer. Uh-huh, I love Paul Bearer. Oh, gosh, I love Paul Bearer. You J.J. Get- Dillon, who okay, was kind of like a, a meaner Bobby the Brain Heenan, but just not as... He didn't have as much um, personality, like in a fun way. Okay. Um, the sensational Sherry uh, mm. was Shawn Michaels' uh, yeah. valet mm. at the time. And Miss Elizabeth at number Miss 10. Miss Elizabeth, yeah. With Macho I would have Miss Elizabeth higher than number 10. Yeah. I can't believe Sir Oliver Humperdinck is not on that list. On that just list. goes to show you that people were not watching the legends of the game as they were developing it. I'll tell you that right now. Cappy, do you got a good Paul Bearer uh, impression? Not really, uh, but it kind of reminds me of your cat getting down and dirty sound. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Paul Bear is a pretty good one to imitate. You yeah. can't even give it a shot. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the Undertaker. <laughs> oh, I loved him. He uh, was- the five worst managers of all time in pro wrestling are, mm-hmm. are also on this list. Uh, 
Paul Jones? I don't remember Paul Jones. I don't know who he is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the genius Lanny Poffo. And I remember La- leaping Lanny Poffo becoming mm-hmm. the genius Lanny Poffo, but as a wrestler, I didn't realize he was a manager. Mr. Fuji can't be on this oh, list. Come that is, on. That's terrible. Mr. That's Fuji was a. And Mr. Fuji was also a good wrestler, yeah. too, that's back in the day. Bad job. For, oh, know. they have Lou Albano on this list. Oh, and then go, uh, the, the Golden Greek John Tolos. I'm not familiar don't with Don't know him. who he is. That's why he's yeah. on the worst list. Don't know the Golden Greek. Yeah, that's pretty fair, I guess. Know the Greek freak. I don't know the Golden Geek. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but you know Paul Bear, and you go, ooh. <laughs> so, let me see. WWE actually did a list. Mm-hmm. Let me see where numbers. Just scroll down to number one. It's probably easier. Um, Mr. Fuji was on that list. He was number 12, actually. And Jim Cornette, only number 11 on that list. Jim yeah. Cornette has a great podcast. He does have a podcast. I've never heard it, but it's, I, pretty I, good. it's very popular. It's apparently. I love good. listening yeah. to old school wrestling podcasts. Uh, let me see. Bobby, Bobby the Brain Heenan, number one. Yeah, I think it's pretty like undisputed, if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. So there you go. All right, go ahead, Lindsay. This Do wrestling the talk part. brought to you by Paul Bearer. Ooh, oh, <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> Time for you to do Radio Tinder. <laughs> okay, y'all need to catch my breath here. All right, so earlier today, ESPN announced that Herm Edwards is returning to the network as both Good. an NFL and college football analyst. I love it. I'm love very him. Excited. Love him. The former yeah. coach, of course, was fired from Arizona State in September in like a really weird, like uh, yes. uh, whatever you want to call it, fashion. Really weird, awkward. Uh, yeah. Edwards, of course, worked for ESPN as an analyst from 2009 to 2017 before he took the Sun Devils job. The network said they'd keep a seat open for him when he returned to coaching, and they're happy yep. to welcome him back. Before yep. his first stint at ESPN, he coached the Chiefs and Jets after working several NFL assistant roles. Do you guys think that Herm Edwards is totally done coaching for good? Swipe oh, left yeah. or swipe right? A hundred million thousand percent. Um, I was stunned he took the college job because he and I would always talk about that. And he was like, man, I don't know if I want to do a college job. And because I asked him back then about like his alma mater, Cal. And he was like, nah. Alma mater, Cal. Wait a second. Herm Edwards, Cal? Yeah. I don't think so. I'm sorry, not alma mater. His hometown. That's where it is. He's from Sanford. He's from the Bay Area. My bad. Um, But yeah, he, he, and he said, nah. I said, dude, it's in your backyard. You wouldn't even have to move. (laughs) He's like, nah. (laughs) So I was stunned when he took the Arizona State job, although that's a better job than Cal. Um, But, but still, you had to move for that, you know? I think uh, Herm Edwards is totally done coaching, and it's not because Herm Edwards might not at one point want to go back. I mean, he could probably go back into the NFL, not as a head coach, but maybe as somebody who's on somebody's staff. But Herm Edwards will never be able to coach in college football again because he did leave unceremoniously. And it's not just the way they fired him, which I thought was really unprofessional, but it was the scandal around the program. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, you know, all the kids that were constantly leaving the program through the transfer portal. He, mm-hmm. It just didn't work for her. That's all. I mean, going back to college and acting like, you know, the rules of the NCAA don't exist because I'm an NFL guy and I've brought an NFL squad with me. It just, it just didn't work out for him, unfortunately. And I love Herm Edwards. I just remember when we had him on, I think it was on Mason and Ireland. I don't even think it was with you guys. And he was talking about how much he loved coaching and how much he loved being able to like be a part he of loves the formidable the, years of the, yeah. the kids' lives. He, he definitely loves the teaching. I don't think there's any question. He was always a good teacher. By the way, do you know the last team Herm Edwards played for? No. I would guess, if I had to just guess, was it the Philadelphia Eagles? No, that was the first team he played for. Oh, okay. I didn't know he played for anybody else. Yeah. Well, he played for the Falcons after that, but then his last team was the Rams. Interesting. In St. Louis? DB. 
No, it's got to be in no, LA. No, no, LA. It was oh, LA. Yeah. It was the 80s. It's got to yeah, be in yeah. oh, the 80s. Yeah, I, I forget how 70s. old he is. He looks so great for his age. Like, he's yeah. 68. He looks like he's in his 50s. He looks great. He's always been in great shape. Don't press he's, send. Yeah. <laughs> it's He was right. Don't, Don't press, press send. send. Yeah. All right. What's next? All thing? right. So, speaking of ESPN, yesterday around the Horn Crew, dressed up for Halloween, as we know, Sedano was dressed as Scott Hansen and Tony Riley dressed as Jerry Seinfeld going to a Mets game with a cheesy jacket and Kith jeans and sneakers well today he posted on twitter quote where do you guys come down on refunds here's the situation kith doesn't do refunds or exchanges Wahaha. so if anybody wants this hideous fit give me a note and i'll tell you where the dumpster is and then he tagged kith and their customer service on the in the tweet kith is like a high-end fashion brand so the jeans alone were probably like 200 bucks and he probably paid somewhere around like 2 250 for the sneakers do you guys have an issue with Tony Riley wanting to return his kith clothes that he wore for a Halloween costume? Swipe left or swipe right, Cappy? He wants to return the the outfit? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And but I'm but why? Be, I, I don't know. He 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 said he wanted to return it because he just bought it as a Halloween costume. He wore it on set on TV, but now he said that he posted about it. He wants to return it, but they won't let him return it. Yeah, I don't think he should return it. You know what he should do is is do what the rest of us do. You take your Halloween costume, you take it off, you fold it up, you put it in a bin, you put it in your garage, and then next year when people need Halloween costumes, they come in and they go take what you need. This is my Jerry Seinfeld costume right here. I wore it last year on Around the Horn. Okay. See, I don't think he should return it. Sedano. Uh, I don't know if he was being serious about the refund, uh, but... Um, well, he tagged their customer service in it, so that's why I thought it was real. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know to, that to be the case. Like, I don't know if it is. Maybe he is being real. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know. Um, if you take the ta- if you keep the tags on, you should be able to return it. That's my theory. <laughs> Mo- <you know? laughs> most Halloween costumes, though, like when you buy them from like the Halloween stores or whatever, like you can't return most Halloween costumes. That's like a no-return policy situation. No. Keep because, the tags on. Yeah. That's what I, I believe in keeping the tags on. That would have been funnier if you would have seen the tags on reality on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that I was like, Tony Riley, what's he got to return stuff for? Like, you know, that's all. That was funny. Hey, you just had a new baby, man. You know, the formula's that, expensive. Oh, good point. Good point. If he has kids, then yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. So last one here. If you have small children, you're going to want to turn down the radio for a minute here. My nephew, he's 11, and my sister informed me today that he's starting to question... Whether you know who is real. Second who? chance to who? turn down the radio for kids. I mean, come on, Kev. You know who we're talking about here. Christmas is coming up. Oh, I, you yeah. know, I mean, it could be the... St. Nick. Let's just call him St. Nick. Okay. St. Nick. Okay. So I told her the fact that in this day and age, the fact that he made it to 11 is pretty good. And she wants to know if she should just come clean and tell him the truth. Would you swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? If the kids asked me? Yep. He asks, is Santa Claus really real? I don't really understand the question. When did you tell your children that uh, perhaps the um, the gentleman in the red suit wasn't um, an actual person? Oh, Cap's going to do that thing now where he's like, what? What? He's not? Well, he is a real person. I mean... <laughs> I, mean you, I can hear you sighing like, quietly. <laughs> I mean, he is. He's, he's a real character. Yes. Okay. So I'll just ask you, George and the Laura. The answer would be when if they asked, I would be honest. Yes, okay, she, I, I, I have that. I have a very honest um, relationship with my kids, including especially the eight-year-old right now, who asks a lot of questions. 
And, and he, um, he's an only child. So I said, well, maybe if you had younger kids too, I think maybe you try and keep the charade up. But I feel like maybe at this point you just tell them. No, but what you do is you kind of keep the, the older one gets in, in, you know, like plays, you know, yeah, plays, plays along. Yeah, but he's yeah. an only child. So, you know. Right. Well, let me ask you guys. We started this whole segment talking about wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. If your kid comes up to you and says, dad, is wrestling fake or is wrestling real? I would say it's scripted, which means it that like what you see there is yes, they when they're being thrown out of the ring, like that's actually happening, right? Um, but but, but it, the actual the actual wrestling and the physical is choreographed, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, yeah. but it, yeah, but is but it, it real? is hard work. It's real, isn't it? The I wrestling mean, the physi- is real, but the storylines are not. What do you yeah, mean they're not the, real? The physicality uh, of it is real. The well, most of it, not all of it, but the physicality of it is mostly real. But it's choreographed. And the storylines are, for the most part, manufactured. That's what I would say. Yeah. The oh, outcomes. No, they are. Yeah. The outcomes are, are manufactured. All I'm yeah. saying is, is that the day that, I, that my uncle said to me, wrestling is fake, I went, what do you mean? And he's like, well, that's not real. I'm like, what are you talking about? You mean all the blood that's dripping down Dusty Rhodes' face is not real? He's like, no, it's like blood capsules. I'm like, I refuse to believe that. So when somebody says to me that wrestling is fake, I'm like, no, it's not. It's real. That's really happening out there. Those are real human beings flying through the air. As for Santa Claus, you turn on the TV at Christmas time, there he is. White beard, red suit, leading the reindeer. That's a real guy. To tell these kids, you know, we have to blow it for these kids. Well, Laura, if if this were in your in this situation, what would you do if they if the kids asked? Um, my goddaughter has asked and I was like, "Go ask mommy." And mommy's like, "Do you believe in Santa Claus?" She goes, "Yes." Then Santa Claus is real. Oh, she's answer. also yeah. seven. Yeah, so. that's a good way. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah, good that's a good way to do it. Good parenting right there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not by, a parent, by the yeah. time they get to eleven, I feel like it's one of those things where like it's kids at school. Well, you're, know. you're like a tween. Yeah, at that yeah. Stage, you know and it's I mean? like it's you could different. get made yeah. fun of for like still believing in Santa. It's not the cool thing to do anymore. You know how kids are. Well, mind your business, kids. Mind your business. Yeah, kids are not that. They're way. mean. Uh, Radio Tinder is presented by Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala, and hopefully Santa Claus will bring you some in your stocking. Well, it's actually much bigger for it's too big for a stocking, but maybe it'll bring it to you as a gift anyway. Fernando, 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 Fernando. Yeah. So yours, my friends. I don't know why Fernando Valenzuela doesn't have some sort of larger recognition. Mm-hmm. At Dodger Stadium, personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Preach. Facts. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? Yeah, great. I mean, I don't know why they don't do it. I mean, it should have been done a long time ago. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world for all the obvious reasons. Not only was he a great pitcher for the team, but, I mean, what he meant culturally to the city of Los Angeles, what he still means to the city of Los Angeles, and it just it makes no sense at all. I mean, listen, you walk around in front of crypto, and you see all the statues of all the different people. You know, whether it's Shaquille O'Neal or um, Chick Hearn or whatever. I mean, you just walk around and you see all those statues. Oscar De La Hoya, you're like, yo, um, it makes all the sense in the world. I don't know why the Dodgers haven't just done it. I mean, can I you imagine even, the resistance? Could you imagine somebody inside the office going, hey, you know, we should probably do something for Fernando out in front of the stadium, like some kind of a statue or something, and somebody else goes, nah, bad idea. Don't like that. I mean, I don't know why they just don't do it. Yeah, I don't get it either, to be honest with you. Like, it's so easy to just get done. Like, just do it, dude. Well, happy birthday, Fernando. 
Fernando, Fernando. Fernando, Fernando. That was my favorite Billy Crystal character on uh, on SNL. Fernando, Fernando. F- Fernando's Hideaway. Sayuros, my friend. How are you, darling? Hello. You know, I used to love that one. Hulk Hogan came in. He was, hello, Jolk. You know, it was great. Love yeah. Billy Crystal. I'm going to go to a Clippers game this year just to find Billy Crystal. He's somebody on my on my list that I've never met before that I need to meet. I need to hug it out with him. And you're just oh, going to cool. go up to him and be like, hey, Billy Crystal, let's be friends. Let's hug it out. Bring it in. I don't know exactly what I'm going to say, but I'm going to see him. We're going to spend a few minutes looking eye to eye, chatting it out. I'm going to tell him a few things. He's going to hear me out. And I think by the time I'm done, we'll be best friends. And that's the way I plan on it. I don't going. think that's going to happen, but good luck, Kev. Thanks. All right, George, you were going to talk about the uh, Brooklyn Nets, who I'm watching right now play against the Chicago Bulls. This yeah. is all your fault, by the way. Uh, rather than me watching the World Series game right now, yeah. uh, I'm watching NBA basketball in the first 10 games of the season. I blame you. Well, I mean, I mean, I get it, but I mean, it's probably what you should be watching. I mean, really? Versus the World Series, a regular season NBA game, game seven? Yeah, why not? Well, the only reason I'm watching is because it's Brooklyn, because now I'm more interested in them than ever before, because I can't stand these guys. I honestly, like, I despise players who I think are uncoachable players, and I look at those guys, and I think they're uncoachable. Whereas, I look at a guy like Russell Westbrook, and I go, you know what? I'm not sure yet, but I think at least they've got the right personality at coach to maybe, maybe show us that he can be a coachable player. Mm Mm-hmm. But Kyrie Irving, forget about it. You can't coach that guy. Yeah. Um. I mean, listen, there's uh, a lot of people that feel that way, but I there's some thought that maybe he'll become available again. Oh, please, do not tell me you're suggesting bringing Kyrie Irving to the Lakers again. I am. Oh, George, come Especially on. Especially if it brings Joe Harris with the lack of shooting that they have. <laughs> come on, George, really? Yeah. If, you t- if Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris are on this team, this team is actually a team that is respectable. Yeah. Let me ask you this. At what point do you say, you know what? Winning basketball is something I want to see, I, but I, I don't want to see it with this player. I, I understand that, but I'm just talking to you purely from a basketball perspective. But you can't, you can't do that for this reason. He's not just a basketball guy. He's a guy who's very happy sharing a lot of very strong and, in many instances, offensive opinions. No, forget about just offensive. Reckless, I would add. But, but George, in a city like Los Angeles, to have Kyrie Irving on your team, the Lakers, given the, you know, we just were talking about Fernando Valenzuela, what he meant to the Hispanic community. The Lakers are supported, and there are plenty of fans that are Jewish. That would be completely offended if the Lakers went out and got Kyrie Irving. I, 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 totally, I totally understand that. So it's hard to separate the basketball player from the opinionist. I, 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 I get that. But have you ever gone to see Floyd Mayweather have a fight? Um, perhaps years ago. Yeah. I mean, Floyd Mayweather has done some pretty, you know, allegedly pretty done some, some stuff that's not so nice, right? Well, there's lots of guys like that. But Kyrie Irving is a player who has proven that he is like a he's like a franchise killer. By the way, I wouldn't do it, but I I would if you're asking me if if teams wouldn't kick the tires on it, I think they'd at least do their due diligence on it. I really like I just I cannot stand this guy as a player. You know, like he's just not someone that a coach can reach. 
he feels like he doesn't need to be coached or um, have plays drawn up per se or you know listen to somebody who's got an extra set of eyes who's a real professional I, I just it just irritates me so badly this this the whole thing like if I were Steve Nash today you don't understand I'd be celebrating somewhere George I'd be having drinks somewhere with my wife and my family or whatever, my friends, going, thank God they fired me. I don't know how much longer was left on Steve Nash's contract, and I don't know how much money he made a year, but whatever he walked out the door with, it's like celebration money. Getting him, or being fired was a gift that the Brooklyn Nets just gave to Steve Nash because he couldn't coach those guys. Could he? I mean, you've been around. Well, no, I he haven't. said he he said to the to the management, "I can't reach them anymore." Anymore? What do you think he reached them last year? I mean, they handpicked this guy. We want Steve Nash. Then they all turned their back on him. I'm not coming back unless you get rid of Steve Nash. Then they convinced everybody to come back and give it a try, and nobody listens to the coach because nobody thinks he's a good coach because he's never been a coach before. Right. But they handpicked this guy. I mean, listen, if I were Steve Nash, and did you see Steve Nash's, uh, you see his statement earlier today that he released? It's like, hey, I want to thank Joseph Sy. I don't know what his wife's name is, but he mentioned her by name. I want to thank the Sy family. I want everybody to know that the Nash family is going to be rooting on the Brooklyn Nets. Go Nets. You guys should be rooting them on. You're walking away with a whole bunch of money, I'm sure, and they let you off the hook. Yeah, listen, I, I would get it why, again, if it were me, like, again, if I'm the one in charge, I don't I, I don't want him. You know what I mean? But sports is, you, you've seen it, like, come on, you've seen a lot of people in sports do a lot of things. George, I saw, the the Cle- I saw the Cleveland Browns sign a quarterback that had 24 accusations against him of, like, sexual inappropriateness. If that's like a legal term, so teams look for great. That, but players. That, that's why I'm saying, like, I do. And would I be? Would I do it? No. Would I be surprised if a team kicks the tires? I wouldn't. I don't know if the Lakers are one of them. But I, I'll tell you this: the fact that it's out there that he could be had again, I, I'm thinking that that's a conversation that teams will at least debate. And maybe some will be like, "Nope, no thanks." They'll be like, "You and me," and be like, "Nah, not worth it." And for me, it's not about anti-Semitism, even though I'm the Hebrew brother and I should be offended by it, I put blinders onto that. It's about he's a terrible teammate. Well, he's not a good teammate, that's for sure. Um, By the way, there is actually one player that has uh, basically put it out there. He is, he's he's basically uh, given the Lakers uh, an opportunity to hear his from his own voice that he would like to be part of their team. We'll tell you who next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.